Welcome to the On-Premise IT Roundtable Podcast, the only show that dares to be both on topic and on location. Each time we meet, we bring together a group of IT luminaries to discuss a single topic. In this episode, we're taking on enterprise cloud architecture and specifically the move toward disaggregation. Before we begin, let's meet who's on the panel. I'm Stephen Foskett, organizer of Tech Field Day and publisher of Gestalt IT. You can find me online at sfoskett, and you can find my work at gestaltit.com. Hello, I'm Max Montilaro. I'm co-owner and analyst at Tech Unplugged, and you can find me online at, uh, at Dark Avenger on Twitter. Hi, I'm Lee Dilworth. I'm a chief technologist at VMware. I look after Cloud Foundation and SDGC, and you can find me on Twitter at, at Lee Dilworth. My name is Jeffrey Powers. I run geekazine.com, and I'm also a uh, partner in uh, Build Day Live and Build Day TV. You can find me at Geekazine, Think Magazine, Put in a Geek. And thank you for joining us. I'm Vaughn Stewart, Vice President of Technology Alliances at Pure Storage. You can follow me on Twitter at vstude and online in my blog, vaughnstewart.com. As the enterprise moves toward uh, cloud architecture, a lot of companies are jumping in. Obviously, companies like VMware are there with software that drives the ability of enterprises to move applications to the cloud. But there's been a lot of talk about architecture as well. And of course, those of us who've been in the industry for a long time have seen, um, you know, we have a background in basically, you know, <laughs> disconverged, dis everything. Like we buy some storage, we buy some servers, we buy some networks, we put it all together. All that is gone, all that has changed. And there was a massive move toward basically converged infrastructure where everything is the same thing, hyper-converged infrastructure where everything is the same thing and then it's software. But lately we've seen a move toward this idea of disaggregating. So basically we, we, we brought everything together, now we're pulling it apart. And so the question is, is disaggregated the right move? Is it the right architecture for enterprise cloud? And what I'd like to do is throw it over to Vaughn first, because I know that you've been really involved in this movement. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Stephen. Um, I think that we should start this premise or this conversation with the premise that there's no right or wrong way in this conversation. Every, uh, everyone who's listening to this chat needs to apply what we share into their, de their, their deployment scenario, their management framework, right, and make a decision. Um, but from a, a, an architecture perspective, uh, Pure Storage has been working with VMware specifically over the last two years on VMware Cloud Foundation, which is the latest version of their on-prem um, offering that um, has a little bit of a re-architecture to your on-prem design to make it look like a public cloud offering and help you more easily connect or extend into a hybrid cloud offering. Our efforts in that has to be, have been to bring in disaggregated architectures because it helps the VMware customer base uh, extend VCF onto customers with fiber channel or other storage fabrics beyond uh, ethernet, um, helps customers gain um, significant um, operational advantages because they're able to manage compute and software binaries without having to address storage um, as well as be fully interoperable, whether talking about interoperating with uh, some vSAN clusters or extending into the hybrid cloud. So um, that's a high level. I don't know if we want to go deeper right now or just to set a premise. You let me know. Yeah, Lee, maybe you can talk a little bit more about like how, how VMware sees the various architecture choices. 
Yeah, so I mean, hopefully, you know, people listening know a little bit about Cloud Foundation and how it's built. You know, there's a you know, a fairly simple concept that we call um, you know workload domains, where you know clearly the workloads run of various types, and you know underneath that there's got to be some kind of resource layer. Um, you know, when we started, you know, the the concept of what we call the principal uh, storage support was was mostly based around you know HCI and vSAN. Um, but you know, as you know, the product has started to kind of take off, you know, to, to use a kind of cliche sales phrase, uh, you know, we've started to look at you know, a wide variety of use cases from customers. And, you know, not everybody's uh, use case or business model maybe lends itself out of the box, um, you know, to HCI. So, you know, with that in mind, customers started asking for, for choice, uh, you know, and, and pretty much everybody in the panel knows the one thing VMware is well known for is providing choice. Um, and I think that was really the, 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 the kind of the kickstart for, for us going down the, you know, the external storage support route. Yeah, you know, I, I would com I'd like to jump in and kind of comment on this. It, it's, there's an old saying in the IT industry, which is there's, there's no new ideas, right? It's, it's we kind of work towards a model or a technology, then we work away from it, and then we kind of boomerang back around. And I think one of the areas that um, kind of got lost in hyperconverged was this notion of just making a simpler, more full stack integrated management plane. And as Lee kind of introduced and, and kind of highlighted what VCF is, you know, now you've got this framework of SDDC manager, right? This, this management framework within VMware that manages your hardware resources in alignment with the workload domains and then your virtual machines and your containers you know, are ran within that workload domain and that workload domain is assigned to a tenant, whether that's a, a customer or a business unit, a business process, whatever it might be. And so I think when you take a step back and you say, hey, should I be looking at hyper-converged or should I be looking at converged infrastructure? I'm worried about the single pane of glass management. That doesn't exist anymore with VCF. And so now we can actually start to have a conversation around architecture again and we can look at things around efficiency, performance, scale, cost, uh, management uh, practices underneath the VMware layer. Yeah, I was just going to say the, the other thing I would add to that is, I think a key piece that a lot of customers miss as well is, you know, all of our customers are kind of wrestling with a, an architecture that was based on decisions made five, ten years ago. And they're kind of going through this phase of, you know, what does our next generation uh, you know, hybrid cloud, multi-cloud architecture look like? Uh, and what do we want to, you know, we want to make sure that in five or 10 years, we're not regretting the decisions that we make now. And it's very easy to get focused on, you know, which product do we buy that will solve all our magical problems. But, you know, the, the customers that do this well, they really take a good look at what are the key challenges that we have today. You know, if you look at storage in particular, it's, if we look at the storage, what, what is it we're, we're doing really badly? Is it, is it we don't do archiving well? Is it that our data sets don't match the right storage tier? Is it that we, we can't automate the storage or it doesn't self-heal and it doesn't provide the ability to kind of uh, you know, have automation built around it? You know, what is our real challenge that we're trying to solve for these workloads? And the customers that kind of take a real honest look at their challenges today are the ones that succeed in their next generation designs those that just try and buy the solution by you know buying a box off a shelf without really being honest with themselves about where they're struggling right now are the ones that it takes them longer to move forward to that next kind of generation two design as you, if you want to call it that so as um, enterprise architects and folks who've worked in this field for a long time 
uh, Jeff, Max, do you guys buy this? Um, it almost sounds like they're saying whatever, you know, whatever you want to do, it can work. You know, we can make it work here. We can make it work in a box with a fox. Is this your idea for enterprise architecture? Or maybe I'm mischaracterizing uh, what they're saying. Uh, Max, I don't know, you want to start? What, what do you think of this discussion? Yeah, I think maybe, and it's not a, um, let's say, it's, it's not that I'm criticizing or whatever, but I think that, you know, after so many years, you tend to get jaded about all of these claims, you know, going from converge to hyperconverge to open converge to, uh, uh, I don't know, whatever, uh, disaggregated and so on. So there's always, even, even the, 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 the premise, the concept behind that may make sense. Uh, it, it kind of feels like we're being pushed again, some kind of new architecture, which may not be a new architecture, because you might very well say that it's just like you're getting some, some storage and you're putting in there some servers and you're managing it the old way, you know, just like when you were getting things off the shelf and just putting them together. So, so maybe that's, that's where I will be perhaps criticizing that. But of course, maybe that, it's not that I'm putting more oil on the, on the fire, but that's, that's how I see that sometimes, you know? So, uh, I'd be interested to hear what uh, Vaughan has to say for his def defense, if I can say it that way. <laughs> I don't know if Jeff wants to come real quick or if you want me to respond to Max. All right. So Max, it's Ferret, and I think, um, I'd reiterate your sentiment, all of us have been in IT for a while, and you can get very jaded, right? Um, marketing teams can make things that are exceptional read exceptional and, and products that are less than exceptional also read as exceptional and unfortunately you know it's customers that have to uh, bear the brunt of of, uh, of those misguidances um, getting to the technology though i think it's key for us to be clear about um, where we're discussing technologies and who it impacts and what their influence is on the decision uh, a few minutes ago, I brought up the control plane element in VCF, the, soft, the SDDC manager, right? It's this, this uh, tool that manages hardware resources and assigns them to workload domains. Um, I bring that up because it's a really big deal for a VMware admin team, right? They want to know that they can, you know, assign resources on demand as they adopt this new architecture. Um, but if I drill down just a little bit beyond that and try to expand um, the technology and the points that, um, or I should say the demand that we're seeing around disaggregated, um, by, by decoupling compute and storage in your, um, in your cloud deployment, what you gain um, is separate management and fault domains. And this is, this is key when I can make a statement without going into looking at any type of storage and say, I can make server management easier. I can make the time required it takes to complete a software upgrade, do a hardware refresh, expand compute resources or storage resources in a cluster without having to move data because I have separate domains, that becomes a big benefit. Um, and it's not just something that we're seeing in um, the, the cloud deployments. All the analytics companies started with direct attached storage and are now moving on to object stores, right? And, and having cash inside of their, their, um, their compute nodes, right? Vertica's done it, Splunk's done it, Cloudera, 
Um, uh, and there's others that I got to watch here that I don't share that are, are going to be announcing the support for this architecture um, through the second half of this year. And so, you know, the notion of managing compute for compute and storage for storage um, independently, because you do have to do infrastructure management, has a lot of value. However, if you're the operator, if I'm the VMware admin, I do want a single pane of glass. I do want everything fully orchestrated, right? I do want visibility between the stacks. And that's where I was trying to make a point a moment ago, is I think you're seeing VMware really in, reinvest in that area around um, providing a single pane of glass, a common interface, a programmatic means to manage dissimilar hardware. And you know we love being their partner because we benefit from it and customers get to, they do get that freedom of choice and it's upon the vendors to educate them so they can make a better decision. Jeff, uh, what he's talking about, um, I mean, it almost sounds, as Max said, like traditional architecture. I mean, you know, you're, um, is it really aggregated or converged at all if it's, if it's, if it's disaggregated? Now, I understand that uh, by having it tightly integrated and by having a single pane of glass and all that, um, that, that it works like a, com like a complete unit. But is this really any different from, I don't know, the dreams of IT in the past? Well, we got to take a look at it in a different concept, business by business by business. You got one business that this will not work for. This is, you have one business where this will work for, but you know, it's, why are you doing that? Just seems to be extra cost, extra use where everything could be put into it where it was before and then you have businesses that yeah this will work perfectly they have they have areas around uh, around the world that they need to access their data from so by putting it up here in in the vcf cloud uh, i guess you could call it, it it just uh it makes more sense so it really depends on where what com what the company's needs are, uh, especially when you're talking uh, when you when you put it up in the cloud, we're talking security uh, has become a big issue, a bigger issue than it has when everything's on land. You know, Jeff, I think you made a really good point um, around costs. Um, I do think there is a. Um, I do think there is more in common between converged infrastructure and hyper-converged infrastructure than what people give credit for. Um, I think converged infrastructure does have a, uh, a scaling issue where they don't, it doesn't go to the, the low end well. And I am not saying that to say just because HCI can service the low end, that that is a low end product. That's not, not my intention. And, and, and please don't let anyone take that message, that comment out of context. Um, so I, what I'm trying to say though, is I do think that customers have the option, um, converged infrastructure or disaggregated, hyper-converged cloud, and they, they're gonna use these tools based on their requirements that they need. But I did wanna dial into one point that you made, which was cost. Um, our research shows and, and, and what we've been able to deliver in the market is, is from an infrastructure economics perspective, um, there is nothing, there is no lower cost architecture than disaggregation. And it's, it just has to do with the amount of overhead and redundancy that you have to put in when you, when you develop something that's a non-shared uh, architectural design. And again, this, this spans, you know, analytics and, and now we're talking about cloud. 
Yeah, I think the only thing I, I, I was just going to add to that and say, you know, th there's another piece to this as well, which is even from our point of view in the, in the HCI market, this this idea of um, you know, separation of storage compute is something that we've been looking at, you know, for a long time in terms of you know how do we look at that from from say a vSAN point of view. You know, we know the limits of that operational model when your customers at scale. Um, you know, when they're looking at, you know, driving costs down, increasing flexibility, you know, reducing the number of silos they have to manage in terms of cl uh, clusters. You know, th this is one of the, the challenges that, um, you know, the disaggregated architecture solves. Um, you know, and at some point in the future, we may have a software way of doing that with vSAN. Uh, it's, not, it's not here today, um, but there'll be, a, there'll be a choice there. But, you know, customers push us hard for, you know, flexibility. And then as Vaughan said, uh, you know, a second ago, the, you know, one size doesn't always, you know, fit every use case. You know, it goes beyond for a lot of my customers and the projects I work with, just the cost. It's also, you know, what can that backend layer do from, you know, multi-region capability, data protection, data management, that plays into it as well. And it's somewhere where, you know, companies like Pure have been very strong. So you've got to bring that into the conversation as well and look at that side of it. But you, you for, for most of the customers I work with, it's still about making sure that they can consume that data service in the way that they want and align it with the applications. So the one thing I would say to be careful of, and it's not a, you know, it's something that maybe is a little bit of washing going on in the market is, you know, just because a vendor says to you that, you know, they can do disaggregation of storage and they can plug into VCF doesn't mean they necessarily can, you know, just because you have an API doesn't mean you're software defined and you can be controlled at the level that the customer actually wants. You know, that's something that customers need to do their homework. They need to do that due diligence and they need to, prod people like Vaughan with a stick to make sure that he's really delivering on that because you know there's 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 differences I'm not going to name vendor names obviously for the sake of my job and career um, but you know not not all solutions are created equal in that space so that's something customers need to spend a bit of time looking at yeah one thing is that also beyond the the, the topic of what kind of architecture you're using if you're preferring to go for HCI or if you're preferring to go with disaggregated uh, maybe the I think perhaps it has been said many times in the past, the biggest challenge is never that much the technology, but what the company or the organization is trying to achieve. And sometimes there's this kind of unrealistic expectation that technology is going to solve everything. That, that just the fact that they're going to install VCF and that they're going to put a disaggregated solution or a convert or whatever, then suddenly they're going to turn into the next on-premises Amazon, right? So, so there's perhaps that as well. Actually, you made, you made a really interesting point here that I'm going to diverge on. It's, um, you know, disaggregated architectures, I think, um, haven't been um, receiving the, the, the limelight or the spotlight, if you will, over the last, say, half a dozen years. Um, yet, Amazon, Google Cloud, Azure um, are all disaggregated architectures, right? In, in fact, even when you build an uh, uh, an instance, right? I'm, I'm going to make an EC an EC2 instance, right? I'm I'm collect, connecting the storage. It's not local. I'm connecting the storage that you know. Pick your storage type, and it's going over a fabric. And so, I think somewhere, um, you know, the 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 marketing that that became um, pervasive around, um, you know, HCI being a new form of technology, you know, really kind of I think, you know caught a lot of customers uh, attention to say like, you need to move away from what you're on. And I don't know that we've, um, which is okay, right? There's always these, you know, these hype cycles, if you will, there's new technology, but you know, HCI is not new anymore. It's mature. And now that we've moved on, I think what you're seeing is 
kind of like the cloud conversation or very similar to the cloud conversation, but a maturation of conversations, not saying that there is one platform that solves them all, right? You've got, you've got core data centers at headquarters that are large. You've got remote offices at branch offices. You've got organizations that may have their own budget and they're going to finance what they, they need because all three of those have different requirements. And then there's always some form of, you know, public cloud slash hybrid cloud initiative. And so I think the modern conversation really is about um, interoperability. It really is about management plane. And it really is about uh, what are your capabilities um, uh, of that infrastructure core? Uh, you know, the, the, the point that I would double click on here is, you know, you made a, Max made a point around um, aligning business goals to technology. When it comes to infrastructure, the goals are almost always the same. Reduce cost, increase availability, and reduce man hours to operate, right? And so you can actually have a substantive conversation on those three data points as it relates to architecture, and then you have to relate it to, all right, well, what's my management practice? What's the operational team? And what's the software that runs on top of it? Yeah, I think that, that kind of cost optimization, I guess, driver is something that, you know, a lot of customers are being governed by. And, you know, that's always, an, you know, one of the key considerations in some of the discussions that I have with customers is, you know, if they're trying to reuse a lot of the stuff they've already got, and they're not investing in new infrastructure, it's inherently difficult to make what you have that you've, you know, again, go back to my comment about 10 years of technical debt. It's inherently difficult to make that stuff look like the new stuff. You know, we yeah. see customers try to do that. Well, we'll just slide in a little veneer of API there and we'll use that term there in the design document and then we'll do some hocus pocus and we'll send that to the management team and all of a sudden we've got next gen cloud private two version, whatever. And, and, and that, generally goes really badly for, for customers that, that do that and uh if that's where you are sometimes you just got to kind of you know ring fence that environment you run it as a you know vbd stack or whatever and you just got to accept that you know that's that is where it is in terms of its capabilities and you know back to max's point you know that's where the, the people side is huge you know i sit in rooms with traditional storage teams who you know they'll come in with their pure t-shirt on and say that are you know, thinking I'm going to beat them up about it, and I'm absolutely not. But where they where they get really concerned is, you know, I'll start telling them, well, you know, Pure can do this. This is automated now, and that's automated, and they have a great plugin for this and that. And you can see the expression on their face. I had a conversation recently with a customer who was like, well, but that's 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 what I do. That's my job. What do you mean it's automated now? Mm -hmm. in, in your new cloud foundation world, I want to be in charge of presenting the storage to every application. I don't want it to be just consumed. I want to present it like it was a loon and you have to have a very direct conversation on you know, that that's not happening anymore even with even with your friendly pure teams they've they've automated that now that's gone you need yeah, to think yeah. about yourself as a you're managing data now you're not managing tin you know that's uh, that's where your skills are yeah lee makes a really good point that um people don't change as quickly as you think right so you know a decade prior right i led a lot of uh, initiatives around adding support for file services or NFS into the VMware landscape, right? And, and at the time of that conversation, there was material differences in what you could do on SAN versus NAS. You know, fast forward now 14 years, and I still get brought into customer accounts that are like, I'm only doing this on NFS. It's the only way we can do this. We have an NFS network, which those don't exist. There's no such thing as an NFS network. Um, and then I have to sit there and go, I'm the guy that, that you know, helped you adopt 
why you adopted. Now let me try to reprogram you because everything that you that that was true in 2006 isn't true in 2020. And I mean, it's it's a difficult conversation at times. And so sometimes we forget about um, what you want to just call this kind of like you know standards and and. Uh, the, the lack of interest to in moving from, you know, what's been considered a standard at one organization or another. Reprogramming happens at so many levels. It's, it's just crazy. You want to, you, you have to deal with the, your, your main IT customer. Uh, then of course they have to deal with their, their bosses and their bosses, bosses. And then there's cost that's involved in that. And then you have, well, what's, what's the risk on this? Did we just put together something and five years we're tearing it apart for something else uh, in this now disaggregated area. Uh, how do you how do you how do you push that uh, as so they can they can make that decision without you having to reiterate and explain and explain again? And, and maybe uh, one, one thing as well is uh, you somehow when you're you're pushing or you're uh, kind of advocating for such a big technology shift transition at the customer, you need to figure out a way how to accompany them to make that go as smoothly as possible. A few hours ago, I was talking with, uh, with a customer, was having a customer interview, and we were talking about the adoption of a tool in, in one big banking organization. And we're talking about, you know, barriers which are uh, causing that to be delayed. And one of the things which was clearly said and which kind of surprised me, but then made sense after all was, you know, we're dealing with people who have been doing, uh, working on specific application for 10, 15 years. They've been developing that thing, it's their baby. And now we're asking them to change totally the way it works. It's about containerizing all these application work, changing the way functions work, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's not just about the technology shift, it's about the impact it has having on people. And that, that kind of, you know, if, ch if change is forced upon people without consulting them, it's creating some kind of resistance, some barriers. And that's one thing that we, you may be facing in, in those discussions with, uh, with the people. Yeah, I, I think Jeff and Max, you made really good points. I think one of the things that we find in our um, larger engagements is more conversations around um, uh, the impact that the infrastructure has in terms of um, on the team, the management team, and the management processes, right? I think I think most sales campaigns, um, whether it's a new technology, a refresh, or disruptive technology, right, kind of focuses on here's the technology. It's new. It's 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 um, you know it's going to have this benefit product-wise or feature-wise. And I think the reality where we're at today is um, if you want to help a customer adopt something new and transform you've actually got to go a little bit deeper, right? So this is what it means when you go through these routine processes, right? I shared some earlier, right? Here's what a, a hardware refresh you know, looks like or what a software update looks like. Um, I think you have to look through like, here's how this architecture may or may not help you with your software licensing, whether it's the, you know, uh, just for our example here, whether it's a, does it impact VMware licensing? Does it impact maybe a database licensing that resides inside of this uh, capability? And then, Here's how the flexibility of the architecture applies to your future goals, whether it is uh, app, uh, application replatforming from virtual machines to containers, or here's how you, you, you want to move from your fabric to, you know, bait Ethernet or, fa or fiber channel today to, you know, non-volatile memory uh, express over fabric, uh, you know, on that same wire, but in the future. Um, and so, you know, I think 
you know, I think the feature set and the wow opens the door, but I think to have a substantive conversation around change, you've got to get a little bit deeper than what's in the product, but more of what the outcome of the product is. So if I can just uh, ask you guys, uh, now that we've talked about this a little bit, I guess getting back to the central premise, is disaggregated infrastructure the correct infrastructure for modern enterprise hybrid cloud? Um, you know, I, I think that uh, that's a really important question because obviously there are a lot of choices and there are a lot of options and disaggregated in some ways can look like a step back. In some ways it could look like a step forward depending on you know, the perspective of, of who's looking at it and what their point of comparison is. So what I'd like to do is just kind of go around the horn here and see, um, you know, what do you think now? And, um, you know, I'm going to call on, uh, I guess I'll call on Jeff first, uh, you know, think about it. Um, does this look like the right direction, the right architectural direction for enterprises who are doing a hybrid cloud? The biggest issue right now is how much uh, in this infancy is disaggregated uh, to where it could be in five years. I think we're at a point where it's just starting to think of it. And I, I, I'm thinking of it like those little things, little tchotchkes that you get at, uh, at conventions with the USB on one end and like four or five different USB adapters. And, and you have the ability to connect and do different things with it, but are you going to use those different adapters to uh, connect into your uh, into your system? If it's if it's a larger enterprise type situation, then uh, this might be something there. But they're always a little bit concerned, a little bit weary to adopt newer technology until it's gone through. Yeah, you know, through the ringer a couple times. So I think that we're uh, personally not at a point where disaggregation would be the best solution. But if you do need to do it, um, taking uh, taking the right steps and and learning a little bit more. And I do have to admit, I'm not I'm not an expert on disaggregation by any means. So it might be a little farther along than what I've understood here. But uh, I'd like to see it mature just a little bit more. Yeah, maybe maybe I can add some thoughts on that as well. So maybe building on what Jeff was saying, so what's going to be in five or maybe in 10 years from now? Maybe the, the, first, the first perspective here is that now today we have the capabilities to run software and applications which you didn't, we didn't have five or 10 years ago. Uh, so we now have a better way to, to kind of run that, you know? Uh, we, have the, we have the software layer which, which helps support that. That's, that's one perspective. The second perspective is that now we are talking about, let's say, I would say Gen 1 disaggregation, perhaps. I'm also not a big expert on disaggregated, right? Unless we are talking about buzzwords. But now we have this disaggregation of compute and storage, right? But if you look at the way things are going in the industry, if you look at the Gen Z consortium and so on, in four or five years from now, it's already happening somehow. But all of these new architectures, you're going to a full disaggregation. You have compute disaggregation in the, in the terms of you know, uh, CPUs on one part, memory on the other part, storage on the other part, you know, GPUs whatsoever. So you will, we will get to a point in five years from now to get fully disaggregated architectures. And that's where the value of disaggregated is. I mean, if you invest it into it right now, you may not see the benefit immediately. 
but in five, 10 years down the line, you will have a way to manage all of these pools of resources independently. And that's going to be something absolutely awesome because then you have this kind of cloud flexibility of adding what you need. So, and unfortunately on, on, unfortunately on the way back, if in five years that uh, we find that that's not the right way, then you're ripping out another architecture to go a different direction. But we'll have re-aggregated then, so it's okay. Lee, I, I guess my, you and then Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess my, you know, you know, kind of Switzerland approach, you know, so we, we can do both as VMware, but you know, I'll be honest, you know, what, what I try to encourage my customers to do is to, when they're going through this kind of phase and this transition, design their next gen platform differently. You know, don't, you know, we, 10 years ago, we designed from the bottom up and that's how we did it. You know, we, we went and bought a rear, we put a fabric on top, we bought servers and that's how we built the cake. What you need to do today is design from the top down. You need to really think about your applications. What are you going to have to run? How are you going to operate? You know, is any part of your cake going to be outsourced to somebody else that's going to be in charge of a piece? How does that look? be realistic and open and honest with your teams about how they work, you know, because if they work in silos and there's politics, then it doesn't matter whether you've got vSAN, whether you've got pure, nothing works. When you've got two teams that don't, the network team don't like the storage team, they don't like the VX, it's chaos. And we have lots of customers still in that kind of turmoil. So, you know, design from the top down, think about the fact that specifically with larger customers where they have varied needs, you know, one size isn't going to fit all in those accounts. They need a platform that allows them the flexibility to do that multi-pronged approach as it goes down, but still have that same consistent management plane. Yeah. And that's the key is build a platform. It gives you the ability to, to create those extra prongs when you need them, but without changing the way that you consume and operate. And if you do it that way and you don't start at the bottom up, you'll probably find that you're in a much better place. Um, I think the comments that Jeff and Max made around disaggregated and saying, hey, I don't know enough about this is exactly why we're having this conversation. Um, I think there's a history in, in our industry around, you know, um, best of breed technologies being converged together, you know, AKA disaggregated. And there's been, you know, single stacks and single throats to choke. And I think what you find is over time, single stacks tend to not be the best in class, but they tend to get adopted because they're looked at as being simple, being integrated, right? being highly um, orchestrated. I think the reason why I asked us to talk about VMware Cloud Foundation today is that I think you're seeing VMware execute on the strategy of extending their integration across dissimilar stacks to meet the demands of their customers. And, and what I'm saying is there isn't a right or a wrong. And I think I opened that way. They have customers that are gonna demand that they deploy on vSAN, there's gonna be customers that demand they deploy on disaggregated, whether that's with Pure or with some other partner. And what I'm trying to share is that I think if your goal is, and I agree with everything Lee said, which is you've got to take a, what, what do we believe our IT services requirements will be today and or what will they be in the future? But I believe if your decision for infrastructure choice is for my private cloud, I want to reduce infrastructure costs I want to have the greatest flexibility of adoption either between new fabrics or new technologies that are going to run on top of that stack. And if I actually want to simplify the life of the server management, then disaggregation is the only choice that you have. Thanks a lot, Vaughn. I think that's a great way to wrap up this discussion of uh, disaggregated architecture. 
Thank you for listening to the On-Premise IT Roundtable podcast. If you enjoyed this discussion, remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes since that really helps our visibility. And please share this show with your friends. This podcast was brought to you by gestaltit.com, your home for IT coverage across the enterprise. For show notes and more episodes, go to gestaltit.com slash podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.